Sound Space, brought to you by Spectrum Life, bringing you real life, real conversation, and real advice from the best in class experts across all areas of physical and mental well being. Join our host weekly and learn how to improve and reflect on your well being. Welcome to Family Life Podcast, hosted by me, Anita Fletcher, and brought to you by Soundspace. Today's topic is children's well-being, and we'll be discussing this with special guest Fiona Foreman. Fiona is a former teacher with a background in positive psychology and is also the co-creator of Weaving Wellbeing, which is a well-being program that is being taught in all of our primary schools right across Ireland and beyond. During this episode, we'll chat about the Weaving Wellbeing program, how it came about, and how the teachings of the programme can help children to recognise, regulate and describe their emotions. So for all of this and more, stay tuned to Family Life Podcasts, brought to you by Soundspace. Hi everybody, welcome to today's podcast on Family Life. I am joined by Fiona Foreman today, who is a former teacher with a background in positive psychology and she's also and this is what has her here with me today gave me a great interest in this Fiona is the co-author of Weaving Wellbeing so Fiona you're very welcome to Family Life Podcast. Thanks a million Anita I'm delighted to be here to chat to you because I know we're very similar I think in our outlooks and in our passions in terms of children's well-being and family life so I'm absolutely thrilled to get the opportunity to chat to you. So thanks a million. Excellent. Brilliant. And yeah, you're right. I was really excited when, when you agreed to do it. So I really um, am interested now to hear all about how you got to where you are and what kind of made you think. Because a bit, like you said, we're very similar in our um, outlook for children's well-being and, and the whole positive mindset thing. What brought you to want to to the time or the state in your life where you wanted to write a well-being book for children? Uh, yeah, great question. Um, I suppose I've always been very interested as a teacher, you know, I was teaching for over 30 years. I hate saying that makes me feel very old. But anyway, I was teaching for over 30 <laughs> years. I just left last year uh, to go full time into the work because uh, it was getting so successful, which is great. Uh, so I was teaching for over 30 years and I suppose for all, and when, when I think back in the 80s when I qualified, there was, well, well-being wasn't really a word, mental health wasn't really used either for adults or children. But I knew, um, you know, from the first day I stepped in a classroom, I knew that you have to look after your kids' emotional well-being, their mental health, all those kind of things. They have to come first before they can start to learn. I kind of knew that. Uh, and so I was always really, really interested in it. Before, I mean, the subject SPHE on the curriculum is, is where the well-being comes in, but that wasn't even on the curriculum in the yeah. 80s. Do you know, that's how kind of far we've come, I suppose. Now it's, it's a priority in the system, which is great. So I suppose I was always very interested. I was always kind of trying to skill up on it. And then I came across the field of positive psychology. Only about 10 years ago did I come across the field of positive psychology. And that's the science of well-being. I don't know, like I hadn't heard of it up to that point came across it, uh, ended up getting completely like enthralled by it, yeah. uh, doing a master's on it. And so the fact that there is a science of it, you know, I never realized that, you know. So I started to do the master's uh, online and I was teaching at the same time. And I'm a mother as well. So not just as a teacher, but obviously by that stage as a mother. And my daughter's 25 now, my son's 22. But um, I started to learn, wow, there's a whole field here. There's loads of evidence-based skills. There's loads of things yeah. we can be doing. And for me, it was like, right, let's start doing that with kids. So I started to do that in my classroom. So it was very organic because the kids responded really, really well to it. And I was like, right, I need to get this on a more formal footing. So it very grew from very small beginnings, me just to my classroom, doing yeah. stuff for the kids um, yeah. to, to where it is now, which is great. And isn't that, the, I, that's probably why it's so successful though, Fiona, because it was so organic, because it was something that you did out of the love for children that you did. And even now I often think, God, I wish they'd put more um, time into the special needs part of when they're uh, learning, uh, going through their degree to be a teacher. And I wish they would put more into the well-being. And like you said, back in the 80s, when you did your degree, there was none of it. Now, at least there's some. Exactly. But back then there was none. So fair play to you for bringing that in and then bringing it to life in the in the classroom for recognizing the fact that it was needed. Yeah, well, thanks, Nita. And I know a lot of teachers would feel that. Um, and like I suppose 
again, why it's successful, I think, is because I, I was a teacher when I was writing it and I was using it. So it wasn't kind of somebody yeah. from outside saying, here's what you should be doing. I was doing it and I wanted to make it teacher friendly, first and foremost, because I knew, you know, schools are so busy, curriculum so overloaded. I was like, if it's not teacher friendly, it's not going to work, you know. And also that teachers, like time and time again, you hear, we really do want to be doing stuff, but we don't really know what to do and we don't know how to do it. How? So I was like, here's the why and here's the how. And it just, see, I just came at the right time, you know, I was just kind of there at the right time when well-being started then to the department to have prioritised it. Now, there's still only half an hour a week. That's hard to believe when you talk about the curriculum for SPHE, yeah. which I don't think is enough. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, that will change. You know, we're on that that curve now. So um, it is changing. And I think we are all starting to understand that well-being. And that is the truth, that well-being is the foundation for all, for everything in life, for adults and kids, you know yourself, yeah. Yeah. If, you, if you can feel calm, if you can feel uh, resilient, if you can manage your emotions, if you can have your social skills, they're all part of well-being. Yeah. Uh, you'll actually then be able to reach your potential. And if you can't do those things, you're not really going to be able to reach your potential. So the research is there, you know, so it's great that we can see that and yeah. I could tie into that. Right. And you start this. And um, I know that when you started, you put this together again. Now you put a new program together just in May. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But initially um, it started from second class. Is that right? It was second class to sixth class. So what was the program or what's involved in it? Yeah, so I was doing the master's at the time and then um, a, a, co- a colleague and acquaintance of mine was also doing the same master's and we were working together. He was living quite nearby at the time and uh, we decided to work together because he had the same master's as me. So that's Mick Rock, who was my co-author of Weaving Wellbeing. So he said he was thinking of devising a programme. So we said, instead of doing two, let's combine yeah. two it's rather than one. Uh, let's work together. He was more used to dealing with adults at the time. So, uh, yeah, so we did start working together and... Really, I suppose I had, I think I had second class at the time, which is why I started it at second. Okay. Uh, and I was very used to working with second to sixth class. So we decided that, that would be the best place to start with. Um, you know, I think I started with one or two levels and then it, and then it just grew. Uh, I was very, very lucky that we got a great publisher, Connor Holmes, outside the Box Learning Resources down in Kildare. And I knew uh, if I wanted it to be published that Connor would be our first choice because he's very into well-being himself. They publish an awful lot of stuff about mental health, special needs, outside wow. the box, it says it all. Yes. Yeah. So I remember we went down to him, uh, I think it's probably about five years ago now, and, uh, you know, all nervous going down to, to do the pitch. And I think we were there for hours because once we all got started to, to talk, he was the same. Yeah. I had a lot of samples. I was able to show him, I said, look, here's what the kids are doing. It wasn't a proper book at the time. I said, look, here's where I was, we were doing about resilience. Here's where they were doing about the three good things. Here's where they were talking about their character strength. So it was, pra- I had that practical behind. It wasn't a theory, I suppose. Yeah. So uh, it started from there. I think we signed the contract on the day. I came out thinking, wow, okay. How did that happen? Hold on to, hold on to, hold on to our hats. Um, and then, of course, we had a time frame. So it kind of did galvanise me uh, that, that he did say, right, we'll, we'll get it all out. And it was 2017 that the whole programme was launched from 2nd to uh, 6th. And, yeah, just just really took off. It's yeah. international now. And, again, that's all down to Connor. He negotiated um, contracts with it to go to Australia, New Zealand, and the UK. So I do pinch myself even saying that because it's like, yeah. oh, you know, from yeah. me just in the classroom chatting about the kids stuff. But I think, like you said, like your own work, Adisha, when you do something organically for the love of it, uh, it probably, you know, does really help it to kind of, you know, develop. Without a shadow of a doubt. And like you said, you are working, as you were creating this, you are working with children and as a teacher. So you suffer from all sides, yeah. which can only be a good thing. So yeah. what are the categories within Weaving Wellbeing? So you mentioned yeah. resilience there, which is yeah. a huge thing. When I get calls from parents yeah. lately, it's oh, a lot of it is about resilience and anxiety. And so yeah. it, when it comes, when we... When it comes to all of that type of thing and emotions and emotional regulation, is that covered in oh, yeah. and, and I should have said that over that period of time of my teaching, uh, anxiety levels, another reason for doing it, anxiety levels rise year on year on year over those yeah. 30 years to an incredible level. I think there's something like a third of kids mm-hmm. um, between up to the age of 13 uh, have mental health difficulties now and anxiety is the number one. So there I was as a teacher, I was seeing it in my own class. I was working in special needs then as well. 
uh, near the end. And, uh, you know, I really need to find ways to help the kids and positive psychology was a way of doing that. So resilience is a massive, massive area. But in terms of um, the program, it's very much based on there's five topics, five main topics in positive psychology. So we decided to kind of pick one for each. It was, was, was a nice way that it kind of, uh, you know, divided out. So second class is character strengths. So there's 24 character strengths in positive psychology. And again, I, I still get excited because I never knew that. And, you know, they yeah. talk to kids about what are you good at. They might say, I'm good at art, I'm good at football. They don't have the language. Whereas when you start to tell them, like, and these are the evidence-based trends, like bravery, perseverance, especially yeah. for special needs kids, perseverance, creativity, curiosity, zest, um, love, kindness. There's 24 of them. I get excited. Yeah. Um, and really, it's about teaching them that language in second class and then they identify their top five and then they use their top five so it's lovely because in second class you know yourself it's around that age where kids start to uh, start to compare themselves to others yeah. if they're not that academic or yeah. maybe not that sporty they can start to think god where am I fitting into this exactly or somebody puts them put somebody puts a dent in their armor and it's exactly. it's there forever and it's about being um descriptive isn't it yeah. Fiona because yeah. like I was speaking to somebody today and and they were like oh uh, my little girl keeps coming home and saying oh they're mean to me uh, but it's so important that our, we teach our children to be descriptive and to be yeah. able to say okay well then what is mean what does it look like what what is it that they're doing or saying um, and when you're talking about character strengths there mm, and breaking mm. that down into 24 of them because you're right <laughs> you know we we kind of we we, we make things very small yeah. for our children we don't yeah. open them up enough yeah, yeah. so learning like these much. 24 characteristics yeah learning them and then finding out which ones that's part of because yeah. like positive psychology is made up of these interventions which are evidence-based and when you learn your top five so it's not about finding out which ones you don't have like plenty of them I wouldn't be strong on but I know the ones I am strong on and it's about focusing on your strengths not your weaknesses prevention rather than cure this is positive psychology it's focusing on what's right with us rather than what's wrong with us and giving the kids that focus so starting to tell them like particularly say for kids that I would have worked with with high levels of anxiety Mm -hmm. they would have identified their strengths and they would know look I have my bravery I have my perseverance I have my kindness you know and I have you know my sense of perspective and I can use all those things so it's arming them you know I know you often talk about that as well arming them equipping them and language so to realize, you know, I love saying to the kids, everything you need is inside you. And when we talk about anxiety, when we talk about resilience, sometimes we disempower our kids yeah. uh, because we don't give them that sense that, do you know what? Yeah, this is tough. This is hard. But you know what? Tomorrow you're going to use your bravery because I've seen you yeah. using it before. Yeah. Tomorrow you're going to use your perseverance. And I've seen you using your kindness. So once we have that language and they yeah. have that language, and actually a big part of the program is there's a parent guide in it. Uh, so that the parents can be okay. very aware of what's uh, what's happening, and you know, there's a there's a box inside the the the, the kids' books where parents can write little comments, not just to sign it. That came back in our pilots. We we piloted it in a lot of schools before we right. released it, and we found that the parents wanted to be more involved. They wanted to actually not just to sign it, but to say, wow. yeah, we did that activity at home, and oh. um, this is what happened. Do you know, so it was great to get that. So you know yourself when parents and teachers. Uh, work together is that it's magic absolute key it's yeah. absolute key you know again it's something that I speak to parents about all the time don't be afraid to just go up and say oh, to the yeah. teacher how are we getting on do you need me for anything do I need to 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 come in here you know is he resilient is he hiding in the classroom you know yeah. don't be afraid to approach the teacher because they see your kids for a long time during the day I'm a partners that's the best yeah. way to look at it you know yeah without so, a doubt so that's second that's class. Second so then class. it goes into third. Third class is positive emotions. So when we talk about positivity, mm-hmm. and again, positivity, we use that word a lot, but what does it even yeah. mean? Like, I wouldn't have known that, again, positive psychology says there's 10 positive emotions that are really important for our well-being. Again, if you ask anyone, if you ask kids, nobody can name them. Uh, you might name three or four. You might name gratitude. You might name love. Yeah. <laughs> when you say it, you're like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. But, like, there's gratitude, there's love there's inspiration there's awe there's humor my humor is really important yeah um there's pride joy uh, hope so it's very much so it's like okay these are really important they're so important for resilience even it's really interesting that people who are resilient and kids are resilient uh, have a high level of positivity to buffer them against the negativity 
that's called the negative it's called the positivity ratio that we need at least three to one you might be aware of that so yeah. even if I say to parents who are looking to build their children's resilience I like well the first thing is boost the positivity because the positivity helps us with the negativity you know so it's a nice yeah first thing to do so yeah. you know yourself gratitude you know so we talk to them we give them the little interventions we give them a little gratitude intervention we give them a thing about, you know, being proud of themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk to them about flow. Flow is, you know, that when you're in the zone and you're doing something that you feel really great, that's another great way of getting positivity, physical exercise. So we just give them all of that language and all those ideas. And, of course, the idea in the whole program is try these things out. Not everything works for everybody. Same as for adults. So we say to the kids, try it out for a week. Each lesson, it's 10 lessons a year, actually. That's the way it goes. Okay. And each yeah. lesson is, try it out for the week. Did that help you? How did it, you feel? How did you feel when you were doing your random acts of kindness? How did you feel when you were doing your gratitude diary? And if you found that helpful, keep doing it. And if you right. didn't, fine, try something else. Great. So it's active learning. Yeah, it's lovely. You know, And, you know, I often um, speak to parents as well about the other way around. So for us to be grateful towards our children so thank you goes such a long way and when they hear us saying oh you know oh, did you make your bed oh thanks a million and then keep walking they're like oh my god all i have to do is make my bed to get a bit of gratitude that's great i'm gonna make my bed every day yeah and and even questions like that um how did you feel when somebody was grateful to you or when's the last time that you felt gratitude towards you yeah they're powerful questions very powerful for our kids and um yeah, like they're simple enough to do, but you're talking about appreciation, you know, having that appreciation. And it's so simple. And, and the things about positive psychology, the more I read it, like they're actually very simple things that sometimes yeah. we take for granted. But sometimes we just need to realize these things are really important. The research is there. Let's yeah. do them, not talking yeah. about them. Let's actually do them and teach them, them to the, the skills. And that can be the hard uh, thing for parents, Fiona. Like I know when I'm speaking to, to people, they say, and I'm like, oh, you know, try to get a lot, you know, more positives than negatives. Just mm-hmm. whatever you can yes. do, just try to turn yeah. it around a little bit. And they're like, well, you know, it's so hard in the morning when you're trying to get the kids out the door and you're like, have you put your shoes on or is your bed made or are you not dressed yet? Or have you, have you had your breakfast? Yeah. But, you know, if we if we create a routine with our children yes. that they're aware of that yeah. so that they know that they're the things that they have to do every day are predictable they've yeah. got their five things they're yeah. making their bed getting yeah. themselves dressed having their breakfast clearing away after themselves yeah. brushing yeah. their teeth there's five things that we yeah. can be positive about in the morning yeah. because instead of asking them to do all these things we can just say you start your routine yeah. and in that one yeah command or that one kind of um gesture towards your child you've asked them five yeah and right. so you're breaking it down for them and also you're empowering them so we're always trying to get that balance between empowering them and letting yeah. them do stuff for themselves because that generates positivity as well pride yes sense of pride you know yourself i was able to do it's from that tiny age when the baby first does something for themselves you know whether it's yeah. a little toy where you know they put the little shapes so you have to try and continue that into real life to you know yeah. that like yeah that boost that they get in routines are a great way of doing it yeah so however you can get the positives you know it's not easy but you were mentioning when we were chatting earlier just sometimes to take that little step back to take that deep breath to say what am i doing here why am i doing it uh you know Does it's it all really about matter? relationships the connection yeah you know have a bit of positivity as much as we can so I just think even having the language for me like having the language of those 10 emotions made a big difference to me for me you know so like the field is universal it's not just for kids you know so for ourselves we should be making sure we're getting you know making sure we're getting a sense of pride a sense of laughter sense of joy a sense of love as parents yeah and that's the best way we can and teachers obviously is what I would talk to as well yeah. yeah, that's how kids will learn because they, they don't learn from what we say, they learn from what we do. <laughs> we both know that, don't we, Nisha? And it was <laughs> it was music to my ears when you said there said there that there's things in there for the parents so that the parents can feel involved because it is really, really important. Yeah. I mean, so moving on then, sorry, to fourth class. Yeah. Fourth class is my favourite, I have to say. Is it? Because I had I loved fourth class teaching. Okay. Um, I had fourth class for I think four years in a row just before oh. I went into special needs then yeah I was teaching the program four years in a row so I really got really deep into the four class program and it's called tools of resilience so I know one of your favorite yeah. topics one of mine yeah. I was yeah. like how are we going to get that 
in, you know, for kids to understand it. So bounds back ability. Bounds back ability. And it's about even, even teaching the word, the first, the first lesson is what is resilience. So sometimes I'll just remember from teaching it that you'd be sitting there and you'd be saying, what's resilience? Most of them don't know. Yep. And, and the idea that we actually have to have resilience. Life is yep. not going to treat us, you know, not, it's not always going away. We're going to have our disappointments. They love having those chats. And then yeah. to realize, well, what makes us resilient? And of course, there we can look at the research. And what we do is we give them, I think it's six tools. So it was making them into tools. Uh, one of them is um, helpful thinking helmet. So it's like uh, question your thoughts. So, you know what I mean? The idea that is everything that you believe true? Is it, is it true? Is it helpful? Is it kind? Because our minds, one of the big messages, and I remember teaching to, that, to my classes, saying, don't believe everything you think. And I remember, like, them you know, and four classes, really nice age for them to realize. And I remember a little girl making a poster and she brought it into me the next day and she says, Miss Foreman, please put that on the wall. Because I never knew that I wasn't to believe everything I thought. And I was thinking very mean things about myself. Wow. And that now I know so you don't have to. I still get a little shudder when I hear that. Yeah. I remember yeah. Heather telling me that. But um, and I still have the poster like those um, moments in teaching they're yeah. more important to me than any maths or any read absolutely that one what do they say that one um that one adult in your life that one kind of inspirational adult or that one adult that they find that they can look back on and you uh, have uh, been that for so many kids it's well, i'm very lucky and i know teachers are very lucky being in that position and again it's just about utilizing it the potential yeah. you have to make a difference but that's just one example. Don't believe everything you think. And then, of course, mindfulness is in there. So we have the mindfulness switch. And we have little guided audios for them to, to access mindfulness. Yeah. Uh, distraction. I never realized that um, distraction is a really powerful anti-anxiety tool. That um, if you can't, and again, a lot of the children I would have worked with would have a lot of worries that they can't control, that they've yeah. no control over. It's, yeah. you know, whether something's going to happen bad to my mum or dad or, yeah. you know, some of them would have had stuff about school shootings. They would have had a lot of different worries. Yeah. And the idea that, you know what, if you can solve a problem, if you can solve it, go and do it. If you can't, distract yourself. Remember when I read that myself thinking, that's great, because you know, sometimes you feel a bit guilty. You yeah. think, I should be thinking about this and I should be yeah. coming up with a solution. Actually, no, you can't. And yeah. that leads to rumination. And rumination, and I would this was all explained in the program, your mind going round and round circles, like your dog chasing its tail. No, you actually can't solve that problem at the moment. So the best thing you can do now, and it's called the lucky dip of distraction, that they would write down five or six things like play on my Xbox, do my physical activity, I do, love that. do music, and I do it myself as well. It was a great discovery for me. So as I was discovering stuff myself, I was like, well, I think of all the tools and tools of resilience, that's the one they use most. Very good. The simplest. And yeah. like, do you know what? I have to, and we had a little box in the classroom, a distraction box. Okay. Of little toys, sensory toys, art, equipment. And if a child came in with a worry, they would say, I need to use that distraction box to take my mind off it. So Very really good. powerful to teach them that because you know yourself, your parent, if children don't get these skills by 13, 14, their thinking patterns can actually become very entrenched. Absolutely. So the idea, give them those skills early and it's very empowering because they realize if they have a problem or they have a worry, what tool do you want to use? Do you want to question your thoughts? Do you want to do some mindfulness? Do you want to use perspective? That's one of them. Uh, do you want to use um, distraction? Uh, and there's other kind of emotional focused um, techniques for them as well. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that, that really has gone so well. And, I'd uh, say that that's a, that would be a really um, useful tool for parents as well. I'd say I'll definitely put that forward, put that lucky dip, the five yeah. Uh, yeah. lucky dips, I'll definitely put that forward in my um, consultations yeah. because it's yeah. all yeah. of the time. You, yeah, you, all of the time you hear from parents who are, really concerned about their kids resilience and and them not having that bounce back ability mm -hmm. and especially if you've got an outgoing parent who are like you know I never had this problem you know I, and they they can't understand why their child isn't resilient and it can be tough Soundspace will return after this brief message my name is Jack Kavanagh and I would like to tell you about my podcast which is part of the Soundspace series it's called Real Life, and we take the lessons and principles of well-being, of lifestyle medicine, of positive psychology, and look at them through the lens 
of real life stories. Stories of people that have been through thick and thin and have come out on the right side of it. Who apply these lessons through their lives. Many of them are practitioners in the areas of health, of psychology and many other disciplines. And I myself have a story. When I was age 20, I had a spinal cord injury, which left me with about 15% muscle function. And over the years, qualifying as a pharmacist, and then furthering my studies into the world of coaching psychology and positive psychology, coupled with lifestyle medicine, I've developed a real interest in how these principles can be used in our day-to-day lives to increase our well-being and to manage when times aren't so good. Look forward to having you join me. Speak soon. the little personalities but again we, we go back to the strengths as well in fourth class and we say you're the key of character strength you unlock your strengths inside you so again if you're having a problem what are you going to have to use you're going to have to use your bravery again I remember one of the little boys I worked with with generalized anxiety and he was going through a difficult time and he came in on the Monday he knew he was going to have uh, stuff over the weekend that he was dealing yeah. with I said, how'd you get on? He was like, ground, he says, because you know what I did? I imagined my character strengths coming up around me like an invisible shield. <gasps> like that's when they start saying those kind of things. Yeah. And he said, um, and I knew I was able to cope. Oh. I knew, he said, I knew it was going to be hard. So you're not trying to say it's not hard. Yeah. Hard, but you okay. can cope. So that isn't that really important, Fiona, right? I'm so glad that you said that, right? Because you said, we, it, there's no point in saying to our kids, that's uh it's easy you can do it all right allow them to know that some things are going to be hard but you know what you can do hard things so don't love that love that actual sentence that's actually one of the lessons in the senior infants Uh, we can do hard things right we can do hard things they have to learn that that. and to deal with the feelings because i think you know a lot of parents and parent myself you know that we don't we sometimes want to protect our kids from those difficult feelings and there is, I don't want to start going down that road of overprotection, but we all have seen, and we're all doing it with the best we're, we're in the world. Of it. Yeah. We're all guilty of it. But what, if we don't allow our kids to feel disappointment, frustration, fear, they never learn yeah. that you can actually deal with them. Absolutely. And the Absolutely. only way, and what I would say to the kids is, this is a big feeling, but you're bigger than it. Yeah. You're bigger. Oh, you want to come out the other side. And I'm here yeah. with you. That's what resilience is. Do you know what? I can't take it away. I'm here right with you right while you're going through it Excellent. and you're, we're going to come out the other side of it and to keep giving them that belief yeah you know but if you take that feeling away from them and I have seen it creeping into to teaching and probably you thought in parenting oh I don't want him to be disappointed I don't want him to be frustrated yeah. I don't want him to feel him feeling him feeling bad about himself we're human that's life is gonna and I often say do you know what it's gonna have worse than that sometimes parents come up to say Oh, he didn't, you know, win win the prize, and he was disappointed. And I always say, you know what? He's going to have a lot worse to deal with than not winning that prize. Yeah, you know. Uh, and we do that, don't yeah. we, Fiona? We want to. When it, none of us want our children to feel bad or yeah. to feel anxious, and what we tend to do is we tend to move the obstacles. All right, yes. it's a natural thing natural. for us to do. Yeah. But you're so right. If we keep moving these obstacles, they don't learn to regulate themselves. They won't be able to regulate their own emotions. They won't be able to combat their own boredom if we keep putting um, different activities in, yeah. in front of them all of the time. Allow them to be bored. Allow them to create their own feelings. Whatever they need to feel and regulate themselves. Well, I find, and I'm sure you're probably the same as you dealing with parents that, um, I think particularly with younger parents. They feel they're doing something wrong yes. if their parents, if their kids are feeling these feelings. Yes. They're like, what am I doing wrong? I need to fix this. Yes. First thing I say is, you can't fix it. Can't fix everything. You're going to learn, as you have and I have, that you can't fix everything for your kids. And, and when you better. try, when you try to do it all the time, what we're what we're kind of without realizing it, we're unconsciously telling our children that they can't do it. We have to do so it. True. So true. And, you know, there's there's no learning in that. Yeah. No so that brings us then to fifth class. Fifth class, yeah. So fifth class is uh, positive relationships. Oh. Again, positive relationships, a big core uh, of uh, well-being. You know, in fact, it's the number one factor yeah. in well-being and mental health is the presence of positive relationships. And as we say, it's not about the quantity, it's about the quality. Two yeah. or three good people in our lives. But again, you might assume that kids know 
Uh, they often know, uh, you know, they know what they're entitled to. Oh, she's not playing with me or she's not my friend. But yeah. They don't always understand their own role. So it's very much about teaching them. Do you know what? Here's why foster relationships are so important. And here is, it spells out the word relating. So respect, uh, empathy. So we have to learn how to respect. We yeah. learn how to empathy. L stands for look for win-wins, so compromise. A stands for active listening. Again, <laughs> listening yeah. skills, all our listening skills. Oh. Over the last few years, technology, uh, uh, you know, has, has kind of eroded listening skills. Try to forgive. Uh, I is interest, show interest in others. And G is give, give, give. So it's just simple ways that they can actually relate to others. And yeah. again, when you give them the language, when I had fifth class, if there was a row, I'd say, did you actually look for a win-win there? So until you look for a win-win, I, I won't be and tell me what you think it is. I'm not actually going to give you my advice. Did you use your empathy? And they were so honest. They'd be like, no, I actually didn't use my empathy. Yeah. Like, well, will you go back there now and use your empathy? You know, so empower, empower, empower. As you said, describe language um, and let them sort out. Again, conflicts, giving them the, those tools to sort out their own conflicts. And what does that give them? A sense of power, a sense of empowerment, you know? Yeah. So again, you can't take for granted that some kids do pick up and have great social skills. And they're, as you said, feel extrovert or whatever and, and manage and but not you know like most of us we all need that little bit of help for that so that's if yeah. class it's a good age as well because they start falling out sometimes with each other yeah. Yeah. I think you know what used to happen in the teenage years you probably see that as well as now kind of moving back yeah absolutely. and they sometimes people you know parents say she was she was ground in the fourth and fifth she's almost like acting like she's Maybe. 16 yeah. so yeah. you know it is getting younger so the relationships is a big big source of, of you know comfort to them and also stress yes if they can't because if they, they don't get that right yeah and they wonder don't they like if there's if one if one child has like a group of 50 into our kind of endless group of friends and then they've got like two friends yeah. it's like there's something wrong with me yeah. why has Roisin got all of these friends and I've only got one friend and then we have parents going oh my god why has she only got one friend what are we doing wrong Again, you're back to that. You're not doing anything wrong. Yeah. You know, to, and that's what the research shows. Three or four friends is more important. You know, if you have, can have those deep friendships with people who actually love you and accept you for who you are, rather yeah. than running, running with the popular gang who necessarily yeah. are not, you don't have that connection with. Yeah. You know? So yeah. all those things yeah. kind of explored in fifth class. Brilliant. Uh, and, you know, they're getting older, they're more able to discuss all these things. Yeah. And understand them a little bit more and kind of take it away and stop, think and respond to their emotions. Yes. yes. Rather than use, use these skills. Yeah. 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 Brilliant. And also, um, Fiona, you mentioned, I think, um, a, a minute ago there about looking back. So in, you know, as we're in fifth class now, right, going into sixth class, do you look back on... on yes, yes, we do. We look right back um, all the way through. There's these things called flashback boxes. Right. So they're reminded all the way through the programme that uh, you can uh, look back and remember. And like all the way through, it's like, do you remember you learned, you know, to do your kindness? Great. So that will now po- come into your positive emotion. So that was a difficult enough part to make sure we're building year on year to uh to, to, to not lose anything yes so to make it all relatable yes and yeah. all because i i speak to parents all the time about having something to reflect on so yes give it the conversation so if we're if we're having a moment of anxiety or a moment of something to allow the child to go through that emotion but don't be afraid to reflect back on it and yeah. say like for instance they're, they're feeling like they're rubbish at something they can't yeah. do something and we say all right you know you get through that I'm going to put the kettle on and then we come back and we talk about oh, do you remember you were trying to recycle your bike last year but gee, yeah. it took you ages to do that and now you can yeah. recycle your bike yeah. so yeah. having something to be able to reflect back on, reflect on yeah is important, so important having that in your program to yes oh yeah building 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 it's incremental so that's it they're building they're being reminded of characters trends they're being reminded of um all their previous skills year on year yeah brilliant and then we come to sixth class. Yeah, so sixth class is called Empowering Beliefs. So that's where you're, they find out, you know, they explore their beliefs about themselves. So their beliefs about themselves, again, what you believe about yourself. And they're given a different belief each week uh, to try. And one of them is like, I can use helpful self-talk. So we're going into very kind of psychological things at that point. I can use helpful self-talk. Uh, I can accept myself just as I am. Self-acceptance is in there. I can focus on the positives 
So it's very much going through a lot of the skills in the programme and kind of giving them that belief. And what we're trying to do there is give them that belief in themselves and in their ability to cope. And they try that out. They like try, oh, yeah, so I can focus on the positive and see how that feels for the week. And that's a belief that I want to focus on. So kind of believing in themselves and their ability to do different things and be who they are type exactly. of thing? Exactly, yeah, yeah. Right. So, yeah. So again, six class great because they really. Another one is I can recognise t- thinking traps. So we we introduce the idea of um, catastrophization and mind reading. Ah. So you know the way we're also guilty of catastrophization. The idea that you know the worst case scenario comes straight into your mind. A to Z. Yeah. You go from A to Z in sixty seconds. So they understand that. And like yeah. we're all we're all. I'm not saying guilty of catastrophizing, it's just something that our minds does. Yeah. So to say, do you know what? Again, it goes back to that fourth class, don't believe um, everything you think. Everything you think. Our minds uh, don't always, are not always accurate. So am I catastrophizing? And again, they really relate to that because it's, it's, a, very, it's a very common thing. And yeah. mind reading, do you know, my friend didn't, uh, didn't text me back straight away, now she doesn't like me anymore. I wasn't invited so, because of yeah yeah and so, you know what's really important there as well I think the use of language Fiona yeah, right yeah. you're talking about catastrophizing right and I hear all the time which I find I don't really like the word but people say oh she's a drama queen yeah yeah, yeah all about the dramatic yes and that's not fair I don't think right yes, I like yes. you know because we all we are we can all catastrophize things yes and our sure. children can too and when we um when we kind of put the dint in their armor of saying that they are a drama queen or mm-hmm. they make a drama of everything yeah they find a hard they do, they're so busy thinking about that insult that they actually don't learn how to not you know yeah. catastrophize so things in yeah. their little head so and get that language right any kind of label, labeling like that is not good, you know, for kids because they label them like, oh, I'm the drop, you know, I'm the first to cause all the drama. And it might yeah. get them to shut down, or it might get them to not, uh, to not express that side of themselves, or to feel, you know. So again, it's like just if that's who they are, if that's the way, just to help them to express it in a positive way, to to manage it, you know, that kind of way, rather than labeling it and making it out to be um, a problem. Yeah, or making it out to be their personality. The yeah. they feel better. Oh, they're just a drama queen. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know, because then it's just like, oh, no, I just make drama of everything. That's yeah. just what I do. I know. Oh, I know. And then they learn, they get into passions. It's no more than I was saying. By 11 or 12, they start getting into passions. And it's like, um, you know, they're the passions and I can't kind of get out of them, you know? Yeah. So, you know, just to make sure growth mindset is one of the things we introduce as well. This yeah. Is class. We give them the idea that, you know what? no matter what you're doing or no matter what you've done in the past, there's always room for, you know, with your efforts, you yeah. know, nothing is fixed, you know, yeah. in your personality and your attitude, you know, you can, there's always room for change. And, you know, that's really, really important. Yeah. So Time and practice absolutely works when we want to, yeah. when we want to grow our minds. I speak yes. an awful lot as well about our strengths and weaknesses. And a lot of times without, again, without realizing us as parents, we can kind of, um, we can encourage our, ch- our children to hide their strengths mm. and show their weaknesses. Mm. Oh, no, the other way around, sorry, hide their weaknesses and show their strengths yeah. by saying things like, oh, show them how, show them how you sing. Oh, sing a song <laughs> for everybody. You know, yeah. she's really good at singing. Oh, no, no she's not a dancer. Yeah. She's, not a dancer. Yes. she's a singer. Yeah. And so all of a sudden now they want to go to dance class and they're like, oh, no, I can't because my mom says I'm not yeah. a dancer. And they are so everything that we tell them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Even they if we don't, don't mean yeah, it, like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and we, we don't, we don't mean it. We're like, we don't mean yeah. they are never going to be a dancer. Yeah, never going to be a footballer. it's not a simple comment like that. A child, especially a child, like is a deep little thinker. Yeah, uh, you know, and I never even say it to you. Do you know what I mean? Never yeah. even realize that. You know, yeah. that's what they took so, from that. Yeah, and instead we can say things like, "No, give it a go." Try your dancing. Yeah, it's like I spoke to Dr. Mary O'Kane um <sighs> not long ago, and um she she's fabulous but one of the yeah. things that's about is, yes right. yeah. I, I do too yeah. right. one of the things that she mentions in her in her book um in imperfect parenting i think yeah perfectly imperfect perfectly imperfect parenting i do love her uh, so, yeah perfectly imperfect parenting and one thing that she speaks about there is 
when a child is learning to walk or a baby is learning to walk yes. and like oh she falls down like oh don't worry give it another yeah, go, yeah, yeah, up, yeah, and yeah. they're all up and they're trying over and over yeah. this could go on for weeks no, and, until they get it right okay yes. then all of a sudden they're they're four and they <laughs> fall and it's like oh what did you fall over i oh, know be careful now yeah, yeah. So now all of a sudden they feel like they can't make that mistake yes. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm not allowed yeah. to fall. That's not a big mistake yeah. to me. And that will, that will cause them then not to take the, the few little risks that they have That's to, not to take. Exactly. Fear of failure, fear yeah. of making a mistake. And again, that is coming from how we are interacting with them. And normalizing, yeah. as we went like back to that idea of normalizing mistakes, normalizing failure, normalizing uh, all that kind of stuff. Do you know? So again, yeah. don't realize that we're just doing a lot of it without realizing oh, sometimes like, i'll just say to parents just a little bit of tweaking yeah makes a difference on teachers and, as well. yeah stop think respond yeah, try yeah. not to react yeah. just take a breath just step back take yeah. a deep breath and ask yourself does it need my intervention yes do i have to go over there sure. and they resolve this little problem themselves let's put the kettle on first yeah. and then come back and that's the hard thing isn't it that parents say, how do I know whether it's I should or I shouldn't? Do you know what I mean? I think trust your instinct. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And take a breath just, because by the time you blow out, they've probably solved it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. So. so that's right up to sixth class. But yeah. now, Fiona, in May, I don't <laughs> yes. know where you're getting the time for all this. Right? I locked out helped in a way because I was due. I had only literally stopped teaching um, in that January. And I was right. planning to do a lot of talks around schools and parent talks and so on uh, and of course that all ended in March really now bad. thank God for webinars I'm sure like yourself I was able yeah. to transfer but it just gave me more it gave me more time so I knew I wanted to write the junior program which is another reason why I left teaching because I knew I had, needed the time to do it so it did I thought it might take me two years but I was able to do it in the year so yeah so again we've piled so yeah, that's very similar. So I was like, how now? How to get it to those younger kids? Do you know what I mean? From four up, like the prequel. <laughs> yeah, the prequel. Like working backwards. I don't know if that's what I do, but anyway, that's the way we did it. But uh, that's the way I did it. But um, I was thinking a direct approach won't work. You know, yeah. you like with second on, you can start being very direct. Yeah. Here's your yeah. character strengths. Here's the way your yes. mind works. Yeah, brilliant. But with infants up. Oh, um, I came up with the idea of little characters. So two little characters, Mo and Co, two little aliens come from the planet Zoe. I remember getting the idea thinking, okay, we'll try that. And they've come down to Earth to give children ideas as to how to feel good, strong, happy, kind. So we're using the same language, but we're just making it a little bit more indirect. So again, the pilot was a great graphic artist, Andrea. Uh, so I'm <laughs> like, I'm thinking of these characters, so she's great. She, she brought them to life. We're going to make puppets yeah, going oh, forward. So um, the main thing was, do the kids like them? Do they engage with them? And the pilot uh, showed that they did. They, they really liked them. It was very cute. I've, I've, I've visited a few schools now where they were doing it, and it was very, very cute Lovely. to see them talking. So that was the idea. Mo and Co give them a little challenge every week. So Mo and Co challenged them to do three good things this week. Mo and Co challenged them to be kind to others. Mo and Co challenged them to be brave, you know. So it's just a little indirect way of doing the exact same things and, and laying that groundwork. And one of the lessons, as you said there, we can do hard things. So Mo and Co reminds them we can do hard things. What are the hard things you can do? Uh, and how did you feel? A lot, oh, a lot about feelings and emotional regulation. Right. So one of the messages is, uh, you know, it, there's a little poem to go with everyone as uh, every little lesson too. So tell me how you feel today. All feelings are okay. I uh, can't remember the rest of the poem, but that, yeah. that's <laughs> right all the poems are very much about no matter how you feel, it's okay. What's what you do with the feeling? You know, there's good ways to deal with it and there's not so good ways. Yeah. So yeah, so again, piloted, and uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of pressure to get it out in May. We wanted it out in May so that teachers could look at it and decide it, and then to be ready for September. So, yeah, this will be the first year that they can start it from September and do it all the way up to six. Now I am doing a, a seeing a secondary school program as well, so oh, <laughs> I won't stop anytime soon. But I kind of have to, you know. Yeah. I'm on that roll. Yeah, because it's a continuation. I mean, you've done such a good job now for primary school. It would be awful to, uh, you know, to, for them to just have to leave it behind them when they go into secondary school. I think so, and I think that's when they need it even more. It's not, 
yeah. you know in first year second year making on my own it's a tough time for them you know so again yeah. it's the same kind of skills that one's called wired for well-being I do love my my uh, w's yeah <laughs> uh, i was more to do with neuroscience and it's to tell them about what's happening in your brain when you uh you know are, are resilient or when you deal with stress or when you have your helpful yeah. self-talk it releases serotonin it releases oxytocin yeah only with that bit of science in you know each right. level i'm trying yeah. to make, yeah. do it at that do it at the developmental level so yeah. i've just been very lucky you know that yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and very brave yourself, Yana. Really brave thing to do. Uh, well, thank you, thank you. Again, it, it just built. It's probably like yourself. I was teaching full time. I was doing a part time. I got to the stage where I was. I had a load of stuff lined up, and I actually said to my husband, "I, I actually not going to be able to do any of them because it's, you know I didn't want it eroding on my teaching. I didn't think that would be yeah. fair. So I was like, something is going to have to go. Um, and it was hard. It was a it was a hard decision, you know, yeah. walking away from teaching. Um, but you know, you like you know, you probably miss like that contact, do you? Ah, uh, the kids, and yeah. and then the schools locked down straight after, you know, so I couldn't yeah. even go back in. But luckily enough, I do still do talks to kids now, and I've done webinars for kids, and that's my favorite because yeah. you know how open they are. Yeah, like I start saying, you know, you might have had this these worries during COVID. Oh my God! They start and they don't know me, which I yeah. find, you know. I, I just want that opportunity to, to talk, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's something that I really, I couldn't believe myself over the, 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 the period of COVID where we weren't allowed into classes anymore. We weren't allowed to do kind of um, seminars with, with, or workshops with the kids and that we had to go online. Mm-hmm. And all of these kids are coming onto us doing wellbeing programs yeah. um, and open, like I said, opening up to complete strangers, all chatting online to each other as if they know each other. And it's just, they are brilliant. Our kids are more resilient sometimes than we give them credit for. That's a great point. So, yeah, I think we underestimate how resilient they are. Resilience, it is the most common response for all of us. And I don't think that message got through over COVID. It was a very negative message coming through that we're all suffering, the kids are suffering, yes. Yeah. But they are actually resilient. That doesn't mean they're not going to suffer. You know, the yeah. two things go hand in hand. Yes, they are finding very tough. Yes, they are finding stressful. Well, that doesn't mean there's going to be long-term, you know, problems. Because if we're there with them, if we teach them these skills, if we give them the support, research shows that not only one of the best I would give to the kids when I'm doing the resilience talks is don't just go through it, grow through it. Oh, How are you becoming stronger? How are you getting stronger? What have you learned about yourself? What are you doing now that you realize was important that you weren't doing before? So that's the approach back to the empowering. So yeah. I love that phrase. Um, uh, kids are shown that anytime I do talks to schools or principals, they all say the kids have blown us away with what they have come back. They've got used to all these things we didn't think they would. Yeah. Parents need to know that as well. So just because yeah. your child's upset, crying, frustrated, that does not mean that there's any problem. It means yeah. actually expressing themselves. They're looking for validation and they need that reminder we can do hard things we're all in it together all those things that we can say and do and boosting the positivity to help us go through it too i think we need that positive outlook to help us keep going Uh, and there's a great phrase i love dr edith eager have you come across her and she wrote the choice you know she's the the switch survivor and she's the expert on post-traumatic growth she's in her 90s an amazing lady still dances and she's a psychologist now in the state so i love her work but she, she's a great phrase. Uh, we can be victimized, but we must never become victims. So I always say, don't let your kids get a victim mentality. Yeah. It's not good for them because what does it do? Back to that word disembarrassing. Yeah. These things did happen to you. What can you do now about yeah. it? You're nobody's victim. It you know, whereas the narrative from the media, our kids are having all these things. If you soak that up about yourself, it just it just makes you very, very disillusioned. It makes you very disempowered and you know not going to have positive action then you know so there's so much we can give them there is and I think you're dead right we have it's us it's the teachers it's the parents it's us that have to be prepared for our children coming back into society so that we can support them and 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 allow them and have confidence and show our confidence in their ability to move forward exactly and I think once we do that then we'll be laughing with our with our kids coming back into after this 
global pandemic. And they do look to us. Like if they look looking to us to think, is this something I should be worried about? Is my mom worried about this? Is my dad yeah. worried about it? That's where they get their cues. So yeah. if you're like, you know what, again, we're not sugarcoating it. We're not saying, oh, go back, it's all going to be grand. We're saying, you know what, you might feel a bit frustrated the first day. Yeah. You might feel very strange doing this. Yeah. All that is normal, but you're going to be able to manage. Yeah, you, you know, can do it. And you, I, it's something that I did with my children the whole time. I'll take a deep breath in. Yeah. I can blow it out. Well, <laughs> do this because they can. They can. You can and they show us, do you know. Yeah. So, again, Every sometimes, day. as you said, when we underestimate them, we do them a disservice, yeah. You know? Unknown so, to ourselves, unknown we don't to do us. it purposely, but you know, it can happen. So, yeah. weaving well being, <laughs> Fiona, thanks very much for that. So much to contribute all day now. <laughs> I know that's it, we could go on for hours, yeah. You know, that's but, great. I mean, you didn't know much about the program, but you're so intuitively in touch with all of those subjects anyway do you know what I mean so yeah. it's just about you know we were able to chat about them so easily yeah. then, which is great I, I loved that. listening about them I loved this and I'm really looking forward to getting stuck in with them as well so that's really um I'm, I'm delighted that you have done this for our primary school children and I am excited that you are <laughs> doing this for our secondary school children we're we're lucky to have you in uh, the world thanks so much honest. Thanks so much. I feel very lucky to do the work. I do pinch myself thinking, oh my God, how lucky am I yeah. to be able to do this? You know, yeah. so. In the words of the greatest showman, this is me. <laughs> I love that. I think I have yeah. a clip of that somewhere in the programme. Yeah. <laughs> Great stuff. Well, Fiona, thanks very much for joining us today on Family Life Podcast. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure and I definitely think that we will be um, meeting again or I'm sure you will be back on my podcast one day. I'd love to. Thanks a million, Anita. Excellent. Thanks for your work. Thanks a million. Take care. So thank you for listening to Family Life Podcasts. I hope you enjoyed today's episode with me, Anita Fletcher, and my special guest, Fiona Foreman. Today's top tip would be look into the wellbeing program that's being delivered by your child's school and get involved. Don't be afraid to ask questions and practice the techniques at home. There is a definite need for a holistic approach when it comes to looking after our children's mental health. The more you know, the better equipped you'll be to support them. And remember to lead by example. Let your children see that you can take time out to mind yourself. Children will naturally follow your lead. You can find Fiona Foreman on social media platforms. And of course, if you take a look inside your child's school bag, you might even find some tools to help you to implement healthy well-being practices at home. And as always, for more Family Life Matters, you can join us here on Family Life Podcasts, brought to you by Soundspace. This podcast was brought to you by Soundspace. The go-to place for all the latest podcasts on topics such as mental well-being, nourishment, parenting and health and fitness.